Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. So Len, you've indicated that we're going to cover PPP loans today. You addressed this topic several times during 2021 in the significance of PPP loans have on CRA. Why bring it up again now? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm certain some of our listeners are starting to say to themselves, why is he bringing it up again? Well, as you know, uh, and everyone knows, the PPP loan program has now expired. So there will be no PPP loans in 2022 or later. But as we record this podcast early in 2022, the impact of PPP loans on CRA performance will be consequential for many years to come. Almost 12 million PPP loans valued at about $800 billion were extended during 2020 and 2021. Many community banks, at least my clients, doubled, tripled, and even quadrupled their normal loan volume of small business loans because they extended so many PPP loans. The PPP loans definitely had a dramatic impact on almost every bank's CRA performance. And as banks wrap up collecting, reporting, and monitoring their CRA activities for 2021, it's important for banks to understand just how PPP loans may have affected their CRA performance and to act now to assure that they get maximum credit for the PPP loans they did generate. Yeah, this is a great topic. I'm glad you're actually covering it again. So please recap for the audience the different ways in which PPP loans may have significant implications on CRA performance. Thanks, Dean. Uh, let me just begin by listing the three ways in which PPP loans may have significantly impacted a bank's CRA responsibilities. Number one, many PPP loans were extended to small businesses and in sizes of less than $1 million. So the volume of a bank's small business lending activity may very well have increased dramatically. As I said a minute ago, many of our community bank clients extended four times or more their annual normal small business loan volume. So the activity lending to PPPs will have a dramatic effect on the tests are administered for small business lending. That's the first uh, way it's affected. The second is all PPP loans are eligible for credit under, quote, flexible and innovative loan programs that are responsive to community needs. That's another way of getting extra credit under CRA. And uh, every banker should be aware of that and prepare a package uh, of PPP loans for which they can get that credit by presenting it to their examiners during examination, CRA examination. The third uh, way that PPP loans have a very big impact potentially on a bank's CRA performance is that many of the PPP loans, if not most of them, would be qualified for community development credit under the Community Reinvestment Act. So those are the three big areas in which PPP loans do and will affect CRA performance dramatically. Therefore, it's very important for banks to get into the depth and understand what they can do to maximize the credit. Yeah, three very important points, Lynn. And can you elaborate on each of these three areas in which PPP loans could impact or what their impact would be on CRA? 
Okay, so let's begin with the enormous volume of PPP loans, which for many banks far exceeded their normal small business loan volume. Given the sheer magnitude of PPP loan uh, volume, PPP loans could impact the bank positively or negatively. Since most PPP loans were extended as small business loans, the location of those PPP loans within their assessment area and within the assessment area low and moderate income tracks could have an effect on a bank's assessment area ratio under lending test one and a bank's penetration rate lending in the assessment area LMI tracks. So the PPP loans can have a dramatic effect on those very two important tests are administered during a CRA exam. Moreover, since PPP loans did not require the collection of gross annual revenue information, the absence of that information may adversely affect the bank's performance under lending test four, the so-called borrower characteristics test, because having so many small business loans without the gross annual revenue information will seriously dilute a bank's penetration rate lending to truly small businesses, those with $1 million or less of gross annual revenue. Uh, so it behooves a bank to not merely collect its PPP lending activity. It's imperative to analyze that activity and how it affected a bank's CRA performance under the various CRA lending tests administered during a CRA exam. What about this concept of flexible and innovative and responsive to the community needs? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because this is something a lot of bankers aren't even aware of. <clears throat> All PPP loans by their nature will be eligible for extra CRA credit under the heading Flexible and Innovative Lending Responsive to Community Needs. But to get that extra credit, a banker must collect information about a bank's PPP lending. This vital information should include data about the volume and value of all PPP loans extended by the bank. Ideally, it should include information about the number of jobs saved and the income ranges of those jobs. The PPP application and the PPP loan forgiveness application require that information. So it should be in a bank's files, but it's also to be, it also should be transcribed into a database containing all that information. Remember, if you're going to claim credit for anything related to your CRE responsibilities, the examiners are going to expect the documentation to back up what you are claiming. An Excel worksheet with all your PPP loans, unique record identifiers, loan values, the job saved count, the salary range of jobs saved, and a number indicating the threshold annual income that qualifies as lower moderate income in the area where the jobs have been saved is ideal. Even better, make sure you go back and capture the gross annual revenue for each PPP borrower. It's worth the extra effort for the great impact it can have on your CRA performance. Yeah, and finally, you mentioned community development. Obviously, that is a big uh, area of CRA, and I, I constantly hear people saying that they struggle trying to identify those types of uh, community development uh, activities uh, that give them that CRA credit. So regarding PPP loans, please explain how that works for our listeners. Okay, this is probably the most complicated part of the potential CRA impact of, uh, on, of CRA uh, and PPP loans on CRA bank CRA performance. So I'm going to speak a little more slowly and deliberately as I explain this. Many PPP loans may qualify for community development recognition under CRA. The PPP loans may qualify uh, under either the economic development definition or the revitalization stabilization definition of community development under the regulation. In fact, if you are an intermediate small bank, 
under CRA, most PPP loans have the potential to be recognized as community development activity. Let me first explain that any PPP loan to a small business for $1 million or less must be reported as a small business loan, even if they possess the requisite qualifications to be recognized as a community development loan. However, any bank undergoing a CRA exam using the ISB examination standards can elect to have any PPP loans that are qualified as community development loans treated for exam purposes under either the lending test for small business lending or the community development test on a case-by-case basis. Large banks don't have that choice, but intermediate small banks do if they are undergoing a CRA exam based on the ISB standards. So any listener today who's from an intermediate small bank, roughly a bank of from roughly $330 million in size to up to $1.33 billion in size would be an ISB. <clears throat> now let's take a look at the revitalization stabilization definition because it's the easiest way to qualify for community development. The Prudential Bank regulators issued guidance in the spring of 2020 indicating any PPP loans extended in low or moderate income census tracts will qualify for revitalization stabilization credit. So the first thing to do is to review your PPP loans of more than $1 million to see which are in your assessment area LMI tracks. And again, ISBs may also examine the small business PPP loans too because of their elective in a CRA exam. Any PPP loan automatically will qualify for community development credit uh, that's in an LMI track. The tricky part for ISBs is if they take their small business PPP loans in LMI tracks and use most of them or all of them pursuant to their CRA elective, uh, they may do, in doing so, they may seriously dilute their penetration rates in the LMI tracks for small business lending and make them look like they are underperforming under lending test three. So it may require a bit of a balancing act for intermediate small banks when considering their small business loans in their assessment area LMI tracks as to how many and which ones they'll select for community development credit versus those that will re- be retained for a small business lending credit. And now we come to the potentially really confusing part. PPP loans that may qualify for community development credit under the economic development definition. In order to qualify under this definition, a loan must must pass two tests, the size test and the purpose test. The size test is based on the size of the borrower. Any business with gross annual revenue of $1 million or less meets the size test. However, an alternative way to meet the size test is to establish that a business falls under the size standards in Part 121 of the Small Business Regulations. The size standards in those regulations are based on the NAICS codes, the North American Industrial Classification System codes. And depending on the industry, they are based on the gross annual revenue or on the number of employees working for a business. Of course, many banks did not collect the gross annual revenue for PPP loans because that information was not required. So it may be worth it to revisit the loans and capture that information to help you qualify which loans might be eligible for community development recognition. Regarding the purpose tests and jobs preserved and their count, as well as their annual compensation, the PPP loan forgiveness documentation contains all that information. So the information needed to qualify many of your PPP loans for community development recognition under the economic development definition may very well be in your PPP loans credit files. We, we strongly recommend to our clients that 
it is potentially is worth the extra credit to retrieve this information and record it electronically. This is particularly true for ISBs because of the heavy emphasis placed on community development activity under the ISB CRA examination standards. Wow. I mean, that is a mouthful. Complicated, but nevertheless, really important. And for many community banks, the extra effort may be very well or worthwhile for CRA performance purposes based on, you know, what we've been seeing, certainly in the industry. So thank you very much, Len. It's, it's, uh, it was very informative. Uh, and like I said, complicated, but very important. Uh, this is Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting. And this is Len Suzio with GeoDataVision saying, thank you for listening to our advice regarding the CRA implications for PPP lending. Don't give up. It's really worth the extra effort, even in 2022, to collect the information you need to maximize the credit you can receive for your PPP lending activity. We, we ask any of you listening to this to send us topics of interest to you that you would like us to address in future podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and Geo Data Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.